this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I hit record. I hit record. I hit record. <laughs> Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. <laughs> I just ran up a flight of stairs, uh, built a microwave, <laughs> semicolon. Semicolon. <laughs> All right. The title of this podcast is I Just Ran Up a Flight of Stairs. Um, I, I declare it so, or or unless we come up with something better by the end of it. So uh, okay. t- today's episode, we're going to discuss one of our favorite, favorite artists, and designers and just oh, all yeah. around most amazing philosopher. Um, I think we've mentioned him before on this podcast plenty of times. Oh, I'm sure. Peter yeah. Draws. Yeah. We, we must have spoken about him. It's inev- it's inevitable. We definitely have mentioned him before. Yes. Yeah. It's also why we whisper a goodbye at the end of our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, Peter Draws. Who is Peter Draws? Peter Draws is... Um, uh, does Peter Draws have a Wikipedia entry? That would be amazing. Uh, oh, I'll look it up. I mean, how does he not? He should. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Peter Draws. Oh, yeah. Peter, Peter Draws. Draws is all celebrity wiki. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he's not in Wikipedia. No. Um. Anyway. He's born in let's Texas. Get to the, let's get to the point. Uh. Peter draws. Get to, okay, uh, get to the point. Yeah, get to the get to the goddamn fucking point. Um, Peter draws is <laughs> a. <laughs> Wait, but before we go there, let me tell you another thing. <laughs> 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 the worst. We're the worst. He is a he's a YouTube star, right? Like he has a YouTube channel. Star is a little bit right. Um, he's not. I like uh, you have to watch his YouTube channel. When I channel think of YouTube stars, yeah. I think of like Rhett and Link, right? Like Rhett and Link are known personalities. They were there at the dawn of YouTube. They're massive creators. They've spawned an empire that does nothing but create stuff on YouTube. Right. They're friends with everybody else who makes stuff on YouTube and they get invited onto like the fucking show with Jimmy Fallon, whichever one it is, the late show, whichever late show that is. I don't know. I don't watch them. I'm not up that late. So uh, like those are internet like youtube stars peter draws is like an internet sage yeah like a youtube sage the best way i can describe it is that his so his youtube channel i'm trying to find out when he kind of first posted videos but he's been on youtube like he's he's taken videos down he's been like for 11 years he's been putting up videos for yeah so um and in fact i think some of his earliest videos are gone now like i i don't know um you know, he talks about mm-hmm. it occasionally on his channel. So uh, his YouTube, his his videos are t- what I would only describe as like a video log, right, of his life. Um, yeah. And it looks to me like he's actually removed quite a few of the early, early ones because um, they really kind of go back to about nine years right now. Um, but it's ultimately like okay. his, his videos are typically of him drawing, um, drawing, and... Uh, he does he does drawings and he does pen drawings and he draws things and he talks about life and his ideas about art and his ideas about life 
um, while he's drawing, and it's fantastic. Like, it's just, yeah, it's the most calming, wonderful, like, you know, low stimulation. Like, none of it is this, like, high, hyper, hyper insanity of, like, you know, emotional drama or anything. It's just, like, his yeah. videos are just, like, really, really kind and easy to watch and, like, really, really great. Um and the things he talks about are like real life, you know, whatever the fuck he's thinking about and is going on in his life. Um, and in yeah. many ways, his channel is kind of his, I would say some of our inspiration about the way we do this podcast, which is that we're just, the important thing Hell is yeah. to get episodes out and to continue talking and, you know, working on our, working on our art and like, you know, being productive. And that's like, that's right. what his videos are. It's just of him. Like sometimes it's a failure. Sometimes it's fantastic. And it's super great. Cause you just kind of get to like hang out with him while he's doing it. And, um, and he's this really like, just, just really like pleasant, curious, like really amazing kind of human being. Who's just really like thinks about life a lot and really doesn't, um, doesn't mind sharing it with you, which is really great. Um, yeah, he's super, and he <clears throat> he's super prolific. Yeah, I mean, he just, just creates so much stuff, so much art. And it, he has like this fabulous sense of humor, yes. and you've sort of watched him go through like emotional highs and lows. And he like dropped out of school, and now he's back in school, and all these things. And uh, then COVID, and then he got it. He moved to a new place that he lives now. Ugh, sorry, I'm super yawning. Yeah, this it's morning. a little early. Um, yeah, we're recording early. Uh. As you drink your mm -hmm. tea. I didn't even bring a drink up here with me because I had to pee so bad and then I didn't think about it on the way back. Well, maybe as no, I if I get on a rant, you can uh, step out really quickly while no one notices. Um, <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. Um, yeah. Peter is amazing. He's like in school for some kind of architecture or something like that. Or he was and now he's studying something else. Anyway, like all creative stuff. And I really it, appreciate... I, I think like the funny thing His is efforts. like we know all of this because we've watched so many videos. The thing so about it is like you watch a video stuff. and you might get one little tiny little nugget of his actual life going on. Because mostly right. mostly he's talking about the art and the thing that he's thinking about in front of him. And then he might mention, you know, oh, hey, the other day I was hanging out with this friend. So now we know he has this friend. Like you're piecing together right. this like life because that's not what his channel – his channel is not about him per se. Like right. um, it's only – you know, he puts – he he gives you that information for context about things that he's talking about. It's like, oh, I felt this way because this thing happened. And then I was like, mm -hmm. you know, and he'll talk about it. Um, and it always is right. pretty great because also like, you know, like his art is really, really cool. It's um, he mostly is into just kind of like black line art, I guess. Black ink line art. Yeah, like pen, yeah, and, pen ink. and ink. Um, yeah. Although he does other kinds of art. That seems to be his, you know, his kind of go to. Um, he does a lot of pen reviews. So I think what happened, I, I, you know, I'm kind of piecing this together. So for the longest time, he, his YouTube channel was kind of like our, our podcast. No one was necessarily like giving him any money for it. There wasn't like any kind of promotional mm -hmm. content. It was just him talking about life and making these videos and some people were watching it. Um, and then I think he kind of started doing some pen reviews occasionally because this is where I really connected with him. Is I there was I went on this tangent in my life where I was like looking for the perfect pencil, 
And so I had watched a fuck ton of YouTube videos and seen a lot of like people (laughs) reviewing weird shit and like read a lot of things. And for him, it was like he probably went on this like this little like hunt for the pen that he like, you know, a pen that you like. And and so he started doing these pen reviews kind of in that context. What's that? And, and then it just spiraled yeah, out just of spiral out of control because it's like I think that just brought in enough new viewers or something, and he kind of hit this critical mass where it's like he he started actually getting enough views that YouTube became this um, this sort of reasonable income stream. Um, and yeah. he talks about yes. that, and he talks about yeah. um, like capitalizing <laughs> on on his opportunity there because I remember there was like when you and I've been watching it there was like a video that came up where he's like you know talks about all of a sudden his videos had like started really getting a lot of traction and so he wasn't sure what mm-hmm. to do with it and then when he started getting some money you see him like move around a little bit but I, this is the other thing I love about it like at no point is he like so I got all this money and now I bought this car or I did this thing like like this fancy thing like he's just like you know the upgrades to his life are like I got myself this scarf, or I got this like, marginal, and yeah, and then or he's like I'm going to school, and that was the cool thing is he's like I'm gonna try and invest like capitalize on having this money right now and invest in my life of like going to school and mm-hmm. and finding a way to um you know Im- make use of that and and go study something for a job, so um yeah yeah it's really but you have to you have to really watch him to understand like to put this in context like the way he talks is very um like like pondering um it's very like like the pacing is um considered and like thoughtful and um Mm -hmm. yeah and then he also has these like really great um some of his humor like so we have a like a running list of um or I have this running list I've shared with you, which is the um the top Peter Draws um videos that I've just been kind of like, you know, adding to over the years. And uh, I didn't know that you had the list of favorites. Yeah, I have um yeah, so yeah, let me find it here. Hold on. What are your favorites? Um, my well, favorites are my favorites are the Bachelor Pie. Yeah. Anything with bachelor pie, hot dogs, or him sleeping in the bed with trophies. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, and the talent show. Yeah. So, uh, not only do I have a list, but um, but it is shared with you on on YouTube. And let oh, me, let me just for whatever reason I'm not logged into my my YouTube account. So this is the wrong one. How do I? There we go. Okay. Um, let me find. Oh, that's annoying. All right. Let me see. Here we go. Um, yes. Now. Okay. <laughs> so I have a. Oh, I don't want to watch it. I just want to see the content. Um, here we go. Okay. So I have a. Uh, uh, I'm going to make sure you're added as a collaborator. Um Oh, okay. I had, it's one point I'd shared it with you, but I guess it, it didn't. Um... So uh, while you're yeah. doing that, I'm looking at this Peter draws design by humans.com yeah. slash or yeah, forward slash shop forward slash Peter draws. 
And I'm looking at all of the art of his that you can buy on stuff, like on shirts or whatever. And I I like the perfectly good shirt. It just says perfectly good shirt, and it's just a plain white background with black ink in Peter's <laughs> yes, handwriting so that says good. perfectly I good love shirt. That shirt. Um have you heard of corn dogs is another one that's yes. just handwriting on a black a blank background. Yeah. Um Dream Big, Get Disappointed Big is fantastic. <laughs> uh I love the strange image of Peter's face with four eyes. Uh-huh. I don't know like if it's the title of it is Peter DW by Peter Draws. It's three dollars. The description is a smiley face with four eyes <laughs> emoji. And it's just Peter with four eyes smiling a really weird smile with his adorable underbite. And I guess it's just a picture. Oh yes. Like it's a picture. It's a three inch by four inch picture of Peter's face yes. looking crazy. Oh my God. I kind of want that in my bathroom. <laughs> Next to the like, do you still have the uh, the door key for that hotel? Yes, yeah. <laughs> we we framed a door key from a hotel, an electronic door key from a hotel. You can put that yes. piece right next to it. It would be inexplicable and perfect. It, it needs to go. It's kind of um, that door key is like in many ways like part of the uh, podcast like memorabilia because that was like the early days of our our sort of embarking oh. on this insanity. Um, Oh, so it's a sticker. Oh, it's a it's sticker. A sticker that okay, you're, that yeah. you're buying if you buy that crazy picture. I'll buy it and send it. Oh to my you. god, that's amazing. So okay, so I sent you a link. So the second link I sent you will allow you to um, fully share and participate in my list because the top Peter draws one. The idea okay. was like we're going to add to that playlist as we watch them, and then at some point we're, we were going to. Um, but we can like look through some of the contenders and talk about them. Um, so. I think the very top video, I think we both agree still, and I don't think it'll ever be trumped, is the one that's titled How to Live Life One Day at a Time, Four Simple Steps, Uh the Peter Draws Method. Um, It's 14 and a half minutes long. Yeah. And that video is like, it starts with him waking up and he's like sleeping in his bed with all of his trophies. Like, you know... um, I didn't really have this experience, but I know friends who did, like, who played a lot of sports when they were little, not like in high school. I mean, maybe they're high school trophies, but um, they look to me like the kinds of trophies you get from like T ball and soccer or, um, you know, any kind of like, you know, below 12 or like maybe up until about 16 sporting event where you just get all these, like, all these trophies for everything, right? Like, if you're on the team, everybody gets a trophy. Um, Right. And uh, not not that I'm people foist old trophies on you that have nothing to do with your sport because they don't want them anymore. Yeah, so I, <laughs> try to sneak it past yeah, us. I, I'm not saying that's what these are, but if you can imagine that collection of trophies, that's what you would see, right? Like I don't know, we don't right. know what they're actually for. Um, you can just kind of see that there's this like odd set of like various trophies that. Um, God, that would be a good podcast too. Is just that whole industry of like these like. Oh, the trophy these industry. like um these like gilded plastic insane things that are like there's nothing about them the thing about it that's so hilarious to me is how cheap they are yes they're not they are not 
in the slightest bit precious, and yet they are treated like precious yeah, objects. Yeah, and the way that they're cre- – like what they consist of is like – it's just like, hey, I'm going to m- memorialize this this time in your life with this crappy like – this this plastic statue that everyone in the world has it's and it's been churned out of like a chinese like high pressure uh sorry like a um plastic injection mold right so right it's like there's millions of this like you know guy holding a bat or this guy about uh-huh. to kick a soccer ball right and then we're going to plop right. it on top of some like you know a bit of old tossed away wood that we're going to paint up you know not even wood but like Uh fiberboard or something and then you know another plastic cylinder and then put some like you know and then put a little brass plaque on it industrial glue it all yeah put a brass plaque on the bottom of it and then scratch your name into it and um Uh and and i get that it's tradition and it's just a bizarre thing to me like when you look at it because they have no you can't use them for anything else, right? It's not like this like pretty vase that it's like, I you mean, know, you could put some things in there. Right. Like, and I think that like on some level the value of a trophy, like when we played when we played adult kickball, which is of course very serious yeah. compared to all of these childish things we're talking about. We had a golden lunchbox trophy, but there was only one and you had to like earn it and it bounced back and forth between right. the teams that won the playoffs, right? right? Yep. Or like the World Series. And so uh, it wasn't a precious object in terms of the materials it was made out of. It was a precious object because it was coveted because there was only one and you had to perform feats of strength in order to like keep it for the year. And you only keep it for a certain amount of time, which means that your time is limited, which makes the time that you have it even more precious and makes other people want right. it more. So like that makes sense. But when you're giving a trophy to everybody. Right. Well, and they're just these like these like faux they're kind of like uh air shats or whatever what's it called like where it's like a um like a mockery like not a mockery Ersatz? yeah yeah it's like yeah ersatz yeah. e-r-s-a-t-z yeah um these like basically copies of copies of copies anyway back to the video right. so how to live life one day at a time <laughs> just he's sleeping with them like under his blanket and also has this lamp um and the lamp so it's a lamp that the lampshades come off of and the bulb at the mm-hmm. end of it is not really in the way like i don't know i think it's i think what it is is the um oh. the socket that the bulb goes in is loose and so it dangles a bit off the end of the lamp and um <laughs> yeah. and the lampshade is missing and the lamp is not like like it's a table lamp but it's a f- rather tall table lamp and it's fairly ornate right like it's not it's not just like a like a brass or silver rod or like a black you know rod with a bulb on the end it's like you know it's got a base yeah. and it's got some stuff going on and um it just but yeah it's definitely like broken yeah it's like, it's a little it's not yeah. and it's a little bit like you're watching it and if you've watched any of his other stuff um you're watching a man who lives alone typically um and and you're watching him like you know move through life in ways that it's like you know you're like oh buddy i don't know if you should be using that knife that way or like uh i don't know if you want to leave that iron plugged in while it's face down on the like you know on the combustible material like you know not not that any of those things have happened but that's the kind of like you're watching when you watch some of his videos that aren't art you're kind of um 
and I I say this in the most like loving, like not judgmental way. Like I've been there as well. Like you're watching somebody kind of learn to live alone, right? Like they're you know, and and this video is exactly that yeah. like, to me. Like this is him yeah. taught. Like this is his like expose on on kind of being away from home and living by yourself and all of the things you find that aren't aren't maybe in the home you grew up in like you know having having <laughs> finding yourself having like three irons for instance or um you know right. or yes. having a janky lamp that now you've decided that you're going to turn on plug into the main like plug into the wall turn on and then bring under the covers with you with your trophies like just i, I don't know how to right. describe it but it's probably my very bulb. favorite video the, the light bulb just kind of hanging the light bulb a little bit is kind of like yeah, like a limp dangling hand off the end of an arm, like like yes. flopping around. A little floppy and light bulb on, at the end. On and plugged in. Just you're just waiting for him to yep. to be electrocuted, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a compact fluorescent light bulb if you're keeping score. Yes. Yeah. It's very funny. Um yep. so, so that one he sleeps under the covers with the light bulb and the trophies. Yes, yes. Great. it's so great and it just get it gets so much better from there so that one is like probably one of the top contenders um another one yeah. is uh and i'd put it right up there is probably the bat how to make bachelor pie with hot dog chef extraordinaire oh god it's so good it's so the humanity yes oh my god the humanity i i don't know that we should describe the like the like the sort of penultimate moment in this in this um this movie but uh or or short you just gotta watch you really it. do have to, have to watch it but i will tell you that um there is some raw emotion in this video that i don't think i've seen on in even some of the greatest actors like there's this moment yeah. where i I like and the, the buildup and I'm just like I feel his feelings so strongly in that moment. Um, anyway, so Bachelor Pie is like probably it's it's fantastic. Um, yep. So it's that is always pushing for favorite with me because of just how much of Peter you get to see in that video. Yes. Yeah. It's really good. Um cuz that's the other thing. Like he's he's a very kind and thoughtful person, but he also it's not like you're watching like somebody mm -hmm. just talk about how great everything is. Like he talks yeah. about things that suck and like, you know, his struggles with things and 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 it's it's just very real and it's really nice and yeah. Um Yes, I think like I think Peter is Peter's videos, Peter himself and Peter draws the the channel is like the antidote to the lack of authenticity in the digital realm. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are so many people who are like you meet them and you're like what do you do? They're like I'm an entrepreneur and I'm like you take money from people to show your tits. <laughs> on like an offshoot of Instagram. You are not an entrepreneur that is not a business. You know, like that is so inauthentic. You are not a CEO. <laughs> yeah, I think you don't that, run a that kind of the influencer culture where it's like what I what I'm actually in is advertising. Just that's what right. you're in. You're in advertising. In call it whatever you want. I'm in marketing. I'm in advertising. I'm a, a marketing contractor. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. So Peter's like the antidote to all of that shit because he none of the goals of other people who do shit and produce content, content producers online. Yes. 
influencers and content producers online like all of those people have goals and aspirations and motives that belong to a completely separate realm from what peter's doing and they intersect only in the fact that they are on the same medium and platform right (laughs) right yeah but how he arrived here is completely different from all of those people and it's very refreshing yes yeah it is just amazing um so I actually, I think I'm going to make this list public and we can post it in the, um, in the body of this, uh, we'll post it in the description. So, uh, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen the link, but then you can have, you can have a look at some of our favorites. Um, I was going to say, uh, and, and to that end of, of this being like a cure for the sort of the influencer culture and all of that insanity. Um, some Mm -hmm. of my favorite videos that are less, they're less entertaining, but they're so they make me so happy to watch them. Like that's the other thing about watching, watching a Peter draws video is just coming back to a moment where I'm like, I'm just so happy this man exists in the world and Mm -hmm. I just adore him and just want to be like, I'm like, this is, this is fine. Like things are going to be okay. Like that he exists means that at least somewhere there's some okayness in the world. Um, Right. And he, uh, his, so his, uh, some of his videos where he's opening fan mail are some of my favorites, not because he's particularly funny, but it's like you get to meet some of his other fans in a way. Right. Yeah. And that's like, where, who are we? All? Yes. And that's where I'm I'm watching this and I'm like, this is fantastic. Like he gets these packages from like young kids who spent like days like coloring the outside of it and then the inside of it is them just sharing their art with him and he's so great Mm -hmm. when he gets the art from them because he he appreciates it he talks about it he looks at it he um and people send him like pens and weird gifts he's an incredible art yes yes his art his art criticism i'm actually i will need to add some of those because he has some things about i forget what they're called but like what i think about art and he's got a couple of videos like that and he talks about his what i think about arts are great and he he talks about yes the famous works of art that everybody just like blindly is taught to appreciate like the fucking mona lisa yeah and it's i his the thing is too like he's an art critic in the way that um that you actually want criticism right it's not negative it's not him being like your shit sucks like go fucking blow it out your ass it's like it's him talking about how it impress like the impression he's getting and the things that are happening for him right and he makes it very the much experience yeah the it, experience yeah. of um and i also love the way that his uh he has this speaking mannerism where he he looks at an idea excuse me talks about it a little bit and then Uh and then he just kind of leaves these questions right he's like well is that he's not running around passing judgment he's like well this is the question i have about this art you know what does this mean like why why is this this way and not that you know i don't know it's just it's really amazing amazing shit yeah he's he's fantastic i uh i liked the drawings that he did right and then once i started to we we've watched so many of these videos like we said we just like over time you get this evolving impression of who this person is and what they're capable of and i am a perpetually unimpressed person and i'm totally impressed by peter draws yes like i'm so disappointed by everybody all of the time and i'm not disappointed by peter in the slightest i'm like oh i need to try to be more like peter yes 
except for the hot dog thing. I'm not going to eat as many hot dogs as oh. Peter eats. <laughs> That's in the How to Live Life One Day at a Time, right? As well. He has done so many hot dog yeah, videos. Yeah, he's got... Um, yeah, yeah, well, and, but that's the great thing about, like, yeah, I think Peter Draws is probably the first time I've had somebody where I was like, oh, there's a there's somebody that I might, I think about, I think about, like, emulating, right? Like, I look at him and I'm like, yeah. okay, like, I, not like, oftentimes I'm like, I don't want to emulate people because I don't see anybody who's suddenly having this, like, better life than I am in a way that I'm like, oh, well, if I just did that. Yeah, I should drop what I'm doing over here and start doing yeah. that. Um, but I do yeah, watch I him and I'm either. like, well, I like the way that feels and I want to feel that. So I maybe want to think a little bit more in that direction. You know what I mean? Like I like mm-hmm. I like yeah. the way that feels and I don't want to be because there's nothing about like him that I want to have. Right. Like it's not like I want to have that life. Yes. It's like I want to um I except for I'd like to know how that feels. And that's very accessible because he makes it very accessible. You get to just watch yeah. it and feel it along with them and be like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, the bachelor pie, you feel it really hard at that at that moment. It's just anyway, um, I don't mean to. Yeah. Yes. The bachelor pie episode is like the most authentic humanity I have seen on YouTube yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um, it's spectacular. It's, it's so great. Uh, I like that. Um, I like that he does those art critiques. I like that he sort of is this uh, gentle hand pushing you in the back, like, no, you should make more art. And also, it's okay if it's not great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you should just make it. It's wonderful. Peter's great. Peter is the living embodiment of the of the phrase, "No act of creation is ever too small." Right. Right. He's fantastic. I love Peter. I want to be more like Peter. Yeah. I try to be more like Peter. I try to do more creative things and just like, whatever, it's fine. You sitting there thinking about it and not doing it isn't getting it done. Oh, we've talked about that too. Like the John Waters approach to making art. Oh, yes. That's such a great quote. Do you want to? Yeah. Uh, He was at a art gallery after his movie Pecker opened up. And Pecker is sort of like a criticism of the art world in film format. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he was at this, uh, John Waters was at an art opening at a gallery in New York and some guy walked up to him and was looking at the same piece of art that John Waters was looking at. And the guy says like, can you believe that? Like my six year old could have, could have done this better. And John Waters looked at him. He's like, well, he should have stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, don't stand there and fucking critique the art. Just go make some. (laughs) My six year old could have done better. Well, then he should have stupid. Why didn't he? Oh, God, so good. Yeah, so John Waters tells that story when he's asked, like, what do you think of the art world? And he's like, I can sum it up for you in this one exchange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like John Waters because he makes trash and filth. Yeah. And, and uh, like, the the above thinking of that, or not the above thinking, like, the trash and the filth is the above thinking of the authenticity, yes. right? Yes. The, like... Peter's like lines and and drawings and pens are like the above thinking of the authenticity that is Peter. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> they're so they're great. so great. Um, yeah. So just just an amazing artist. I 
and this is um i think this is also maybe why we why we've tried to stick to the um the art and design category for our podcast we i know like i think like lately probably the last like six months we've really i don't know you know we've strayed a bit um maybe not maybe not (laughs) always well whatever we haven't strayed from anything because like the definition was kind of arbitrary to be yeah honest. yeah i mean that's part of it too is like i mean how do you i like how do you ca- categorize a podcast um good question i don't mm-hmm. know maybe we can do a podcast about that so i haven't met this person yet because they are it, they're in a world that i will never access and so i'm never going to probably meet this person face to face but my neighbor mm-hmm. um knows somebody who is a very prolific graphic digital designer who makes these incredibly um, funny memes. And I I want to tell you about this, but I should ask them first if I can give any details that would be any more specific than that. But I've been, I've give, been given a glimpse into a world of, of an artist who doesn't publish their stuff in the public. And uh it's really epic and it, this person's very young and I'm oh. very excited about their art yeah. but because they're so young there's no way for me to be like hey I want to champion your art how do I help you it's like that that's somebody's right, right. <laughs> you, know, like, you don't know that person or their children so you're not going to ever talk to that kid about their art but like they make some really funny stuff that is uh, a very very oh go ahead great stuff yeah I don't know uh, I will ask that's the person a, um, who I was given glimpses of this yeah do and see if i can kind of describe some of the art but that's very identifying and so i don't want to say anything about it unless i get permission (laughs) yeah i that's a good idea i that's actually um one of the things with doing this podcast uh as i've kind of talked to friends and like asked them about um you know whether they'd be interested it's that's one of the things is like privacy is a big part of it um Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my friends, yeah, she's like, been very much reluctant to participate because of the way, uh, you know, she re- she's in academia. Yeah, she's in academia, and so what she says um, can really have influence on because she, she like, in one of like one of the oldest professions where you're trading on your name the entire time. Like by the time you've gotten a PhD, right. you've established your name as an authority and on a topic, and so um, right everything you say is always considered in that context and so to kind of go on a willy-nilly podcast and just be in the environment of people just kind of speculating and talking about bullshit and sometimes we just say whatever comes to mind um is a really uncontrolled environment and then committing that to a public record is a big ask and so um but she's kind of come around to it because she we talk about it no i mean i so Generally, my policy has been that, um, like between you and I, like this is just an understanding that it's like if yeah. one of you, one of us says something that we're like, no, we don't want to commit that to the public record. We just let each other know, and then we we do sometimes cut those things out. Very rarely. Um, usually, what we do is we just find it's like oh, that podcast isn't worth listening to, and we throw it out. Um, yeah. And then the other standing policy is that. Um, you know, if either of us disagree with an episode being published, it doesn't get published. Or if later we decide, we just take it down. And that's been my policy with any guests we've had as well. Like if in a year or two, you call me and are like, hey, you know that podcast that we did? I just don't feel comfortable about having it up. It's a little late in the sense that like once it's on the internet, things don't really go away. Um, But, you know, that's the best I can offer. Like there's nothing I can do about once it's published, there's nothing I can do about um, someone who may have downloaded it and recorded it. 
mm-hmm. like you know which is okay generally it's not like we're yeah <laughs> you know i i generally try to like i have mixed feelings about what it means to have like i stand by what i say in the sense that if i've said it then i'm going to have to have some accountability for it it doesn't mean that my mind won't change like if i said something yeah. today and then a year from now you're like hey that thing you said was incredibly insensitive and I can look at it and be like, well, yeah, okay, that's fucked up. Like, I can be apologetic and I can, um, you know, but it's out there now, right? Like, if I, you know, said, I don't know what I would say, but something entirely insensitive and, um, you know, mm-hmm. people's minds change. That's another thing that I really enjoy about watching Peter Draws is if you watch his early stuff and then as it progresses, you watch how his philosophy about life evolves. You watch how he yeah. thinks about um, things Oh man, I just thought of more videos that are not on the top list. Um, Which ones? So I don't think the. Um, let me pull up the list. So I don't think that the uh, his roommate episodes are <gasps> on there, and oh, those ones are yeah. really good. Um, I haven't been updating this one recently, so I've been trying to. Um... Oh, he has another. Yes, those are great. He has another channel called Peter Peter Peter. Where he, um, what? Yeah, where he is. It's all him like playing video games, and it's very recent. It's in like this last year. It's mostly him playing Minecraft. Oh. I bet that's pretty fun. Um, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. So anyway, top Peter draws. Let me just uh, let me see. So it's not there. But... His roommate's name is Dan, right? Yes, his roommate's name is Dan, and Dan the roommate. Um. I'm going to see, man, I, the problem is there's just so many videos. We have to find it later. But, um, I mean, that's another good one. Like I, part of Peter draws for you and I, like what he means to you and I is that oftentimes, especially now that we're not like close to each other and we don't spend as much time like physically in the same space, um, Mm -hmm. where, (laughs) where when we spend a lot of time physically in the same space, Peter draws was streaming on the wall it late at night, like, all the yeah, time. like all the time like basically when the day wound down like whatever art or thing we were doing during the day we'd be like hyper into it and then like as we kind of burned out and we're left with like nothing but just sort of like being these like sort of <laughs> discarded sponges on the couch then we would like turn on peter draws yeah. and like just kind of have him kind of get that's the other thing you can watch him and it's not so intense that you have to watch every moment you can listen to him yes. you can um <clears throat> you know watch his like drawings evolve He's not talking the whole time. Like his his videos just have this like he has this natural pacing that is just fantastic. Um Oh God, he'd be an exceptional narrator. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um in fact God, he is. So like he just he the way he um yeah, the way he kind of talks about stuff, he narrates his drawings. He talks about yeah. I, oh, I forgot. So the way that I found him, and I, we've talked about this on the podcast before. So we've got some episodes, I think, Fun with Random, which is where I definitely mentioned this, but I'll it bears mentioning again. Yes, that's right. So the way I found him, um, I had, I don't remember exactly the thinking, but I was like, I think I wanted to draw, I was like, I want to draw a spaceship on a piece of paper. Or I want to draw some kind of sci-fi mm-hmm. scene or something. And so I kind of Googled some videos to see, you know, what people were doing and get some inspiration. And I found this video of Peter Draws. Um, 
and he was using a random word generator from uh, Seventh Sanctum, and they have these like categories like, um, and we played with it in the, if you listen to the fun with random episode, we do a whole expose on that and talk about it and kind of play with it. But yeah. um, it's basically, a it's a, it's a phrase generator that has some categorization. So like it would be like, oh, here's all the like, you know, biomedical, de- like make-believe biomedical devices, right? Where it just sort of crams biomedical words yes. together and then you kind of call it a thing. And so he was using that. <clears throat> um, he was using one that was like, it had like a spaceship generator, like spaceship name generator and like sci- sci-fi device ge- generator and like space captain generator and yeah. things like that. And so he used that to give himself a list to work from to draw and so then he draws and yeah what's the name of the generator um, again so the website is called seventh sanctum um and seventh sanctum has it's been around a really long time to the point where these sort of random generators are very dated compared to some of the more modern um techniques mm. that are used for uh that are used for like if you ever, unfortunately, I think people's interactions with chatbots these days is much more in marketing because they've gotten just good enough that people can like they can fake a sort of a, an artificial intelligence kind of experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. But this is this is like early days of that where it's like, oh hey, you know, how would you respond if somebody said, hey, give me some Lovecraftian names, and then um, you know, how would you generate them and and so these are kind of like it right. just draws from a table of a bunch of words and it pieces them together with some rules and some random elements thrown in. But anyway, Seventh Sanctum, uh, SeventhSanctum.com, all one word. But if you Google Seventh Sanctum, this will come up, um, has uh, has these sort of generator types and they've got it's got um, kind of categorized and there's uh, <clears throat> ship names and there's things like um there's like some sci-fi stuff. I'm trying to find that right now. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Names and naming. That one's probably a good place. Oh, I saw the best quote the other day. So hang on a yeah. second. Yep. So uh, I'm in a roundabout way. I saw this quote because I <laughs> here's the backstory. I am helping in some ways volunteer and I endorsed one of the city council candidates for who's running uh, Elliot. Yeah. You told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So they hilariously, they were like, Hey, since you are willing to like endorse Elliot, can we get a photo of you? Uh And I was like, fuck, like I, there are no photos of me. Photos of me don't exist. They don't get taken. I don't put them on the internet. My, my social media accounts have long been shut down or like never had photos of me to begin with. I don't let other people take photos of me and tag right. them, tag me in them almost ever. So like, I'm just not online and I don't have, I don't have any current photos that I can be like, here's my headshot. Right. Right. <clears throat> because I, I have organized my life in such a way that I have the least exposure to other people as possible. And this has nothing to do with COVID. Right. Right. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from me. Get the fuck away from me. Um, so, Anyway, Elliot, um, Elliot's, uh, uh, like one of his campaign folks, um, is, uh, has a consulting business here in Minneapolis. And we were chatting back and forth about what we do for jobs, like what our background is and stuff. Um, and so he shared his consulting website with me and I was looking at it and he had this really cool, um, he led a training on uh, Neil Chutgar is his name. He 
led a training on reimagining what it means to be a fundraiser for a nonprofit. Oh, cool. Um, and he talked about one of the slides that he showed was about science fiction and it was a quote from somebody and I don't have my phone with me or I could have like taken, hang on, let me see if I can find the f screenshot. Nope. Cause I took a photo of it on my phone. I didn't take a screenshot after all. Anyway, it says something to the effect of um, science fiction is the way that we collectively practice our futures, which I thought was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. That's definitely, um, and it's a quote by somebody who's a science fiction writer. I think. Oh yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I think that's a really great take on that. Um, I read a lot of science fiction when I was younger. Um, I I still read a fair amount. Um, and we've talked about. I, I think when Dana was on, we talked quite a bit about science yeah. fiction and fiction. Um, yeah, yeah. It yeah, it is kind of a way that we collectively discuss. Talk Did about I finish my thought? No. I think I finished my oh, thought. Yes. My point was yes. that I, I encountered this thing, this quote yes. about science fiction right. being the way that we practice our future because of these other things that were right. going on. Blah, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so okay. to bring it full circle, <laughs> um, there's this website, sevensanctum.com, and there's a category yes. under it called um, technology. If you go under generator types, there's a technology button or a category, and then it, it, lists, um, it lists some different things. So there's like... So, for instance, like science fiction tools is one, and then it'll generate a list of science fiction tools like laser file or fluoro clamp or dimensional auto level or cosmic hypermeasure. And we've done this before in the fun. <laughs> cosmic hypermeasure. Yeah. And so, yes. um, so anyway, I find this video of Peter Draws drawing this spaceship and based on that. And I... And my, I'm just like, this is amazing because A, watching him draw is cool. Listening to him talk about yes. it is really very pleasing. Um, I personally am very into, um, it's called like, oftentimes it's referred to as like algorithmic um, content generation or like um, uh, there's there's video games that, that leverage this a lot, which is like, instead of you... Um, like, so if you're playing like Super Mario Brothers, something that a lot of people are familiar with, Pac-Man. Pac-Man's a perfect example. So everybody's probably at least seen Pac-Man. If you've played it a little bit, you know that there's just a couple of different kinds of maze layouts. Um, mm -hmm. And so those are made by hand. Somebody made those layouts. But in um, in some categories of video games, they will have a game kind of like Pac-Man or uh if you were to make a Pac-Man game, but you were to use an algorithm to generate the the mazes, then you would have these maze layouts that are kind of appear to be random, but they follow a, a pattern which allows them to always be completable, right? Like the ma like mm -hmm. one of the problems with random maze generation is that you might have whole sections of the maze that aren't accessible because that passage never connects, right? And sure. so it's not enough to just say randomly throw some some passageways down on the piece of paper you need to have a plan right um to allow where the variation can happen so that's kind of that's that's the same idea with these um these random word generators or phrase generators so uh you have yeah. to have a little bit of a plan in order for it to feel like if we're trying to look at the um you know if we're looking at like spaceship models you have to have a little bit of a plan to end up with things that sound like at atmospheric civilian infiltrator or atmospheric special shipper like you need to have a little bit of a plan about what words are acceptable in what position and so that kind of creates the algorithm for this so um anyway mm -hmm. peter draws drawing the spaceship 
I'm like falling in love with this whole thing and I watch a few more videos and that's when I was like, cause you and I had been, um, kind of going down the rabbit hole of, of life at that moment. And I was like, yeah. Hey, Hey, I think, I think you might like this. And then this, like this love affair of like, just this most amazing <laughs> experience has just kind of poured into our lives since then. Um, yes. Oh, Peter. So yeah. Great. He's really great. So, uh, I can't I can't really recommend it enough. Um I have a friend of mine was going through a divorce and I was talking to her and and she was at a point where um her ex-husband or soon to be ex-husband was also having a really hard time and so it was very emotionally like draining for her and she was in a place where it was like um you know, he was he was having a lot of health issues and she was feeling really bad about mm -hmm. the fact that they were separating and like just all these problems. And and it, suffice to say, she was having a lot of trouble sleeping. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you know Peter Draws, but maybe you should check that out. And so she's just become this huge convert as well. And she's like, this is because the great thing about it is like it's very comforting <laughs> in a time of like if you're um, like I have some go to like if I'm really at a low point, um, oftentimes my go to is the 1930s. Um, Alice in Wonderland and Disney animation. Oh um, yeah, mostly because I love the like. What is it that old? I think it's yeah, it's um, I think it's the the Disney one is um, with Alice in the blue dress yep, with the apron. Yep, yeah. Um, <laughs> let me find it just to confirm. So, uh, nope, sorry, nineteen fifty one. Um, man. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why I thought 30, but 1951, um, which is funny because if you think about the difference between 1950 and 1930, that's kind of the same difference between 2000 and now. Yeah, for um, sure. There's it's like not that big of a deal now that we're older and like that, that span of like two decades, but it is a big deal. Um, anyway, 19... There was a world war in that <laughs> Yeah, span. I mean, a lot of shit happens. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm not trying to diminish it or say that I yeah. that I wasn't off by two decades. I definitely was off by two What's decades. What's your problem with the two intervening decades yeah. Any <laughs> between when you thought a movie was made and when it was, Ned? What is what is your hang right. up? So anyway, nineteen fifty one, Alice in Wonderland <laughs> is my has been kind of my go to for when I'm at that like place where it's like I can't cope with how I'm feeling or like it's just mm -hmm. I'm like really bad things are happening in my life and so it's this kind of absurd way it, it's an escapism that really works for me like it it's um the story is great because there are things that are entertaining but it's always none of it is like none of it's like this happy like you know then the princess gets the gets the prince or whatever bullshit like it's just yeah. it's just her experiencing the bizarre world that we live in um you like it because it's a liminal space. Yeah, it's a liminal space. And um, yeah, and so uh, Peter Draws is a little bit like that. Watching his videos have, mm -hmm. has that kind of experience. Um, and it takes a little while to yes, get into very... it, right? Because it's not the same level of, um, <clears throat> you know, watching like a movie where things are very like focused on that. It's just him kind of being like, hey, here's a camera and here's some of my audio and like come into my world. And he just starts to... Um, pull you into these drawings or you know or whatever it is mm -hmm. he's interested in like making bachelor pie or how to cook hot dogs or um i mean so there's another video on the list <laughs> yeah. uh that is also great um so he has one where he uh he draws he it's called i tried to draw i tried drawing on my face 
Yes. And it is so great because he draws in Sharpie on his face um, and he talks about how it had been successful at one point. Um, like he'd done it in the past and drawn on his face and this time he just didn't really didn't feel it the same way and and you see it but it's the 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 sort of like the idea that it's a failure is not real to me like it's not a failure but it is absolutely um a really fun experience and it it, it isn't what he had in, envisioned and so he talks about that and it's great because I think people don't talk enough about coping with failure and also like you know what that actually means anyway just fucking yes. amazing um um I like I like art and I like Peter's art and I like the I like very transformative art like a lot of Peter's art is very transformative. Yes. Some art is very subtle. Yep. You know. And Peter's is not subtle. No. Um and the way that his videos work he usually draws and records himself drawing. Um, and then plays it back at a higher rate of speed and speaks over it for about 15 minutes or something like yeah. that. Some of his videos are really long and they take place in real time. Yeah. And he's talking as he's drawing and things like that. But a lot of them are, here's a thing I made with this pen. Here's the details about this pen. Here's me making the drawing with the pen. And I'm going to talk over this drawing and speed it up while I go. Yeah. And so you get to see something that goes from a blank page all the way to finished and then Peter's telling you some other story in the meantime. So there's a lot, like there's a number of different things going on in every video in several different dimensions. Yep. Um, and they're totally, they're totally great because uh, as far as like being a, a sort of instant gratification liminal space, you turn it on and you get to actually ride out whatever time you don't like we would do it while we were falling asleep or whatever. Like, oh, I, I'm all keyed up, but I want to fall asleep. And so we would watch Peter. And so it sort of like transports you. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a great way to fill up time, especially to your point, if you're anxious or having troubles like focusing on whatever is going on in your life. These are really good videos. Oh, sorry. sorry. Really good videos for that because you get this sort of sensation of being transported while you're watching them. And so it can take you out of whatever you're thinking at the yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. I think, in yeah. fact, um, and the great thing is, like, he has so many videos you can just, like, we've, we've had his stream, like, we've basically just been like, okay, start playing from the top. And, um, yeah. and it's just they're playing one video after the next. And, and you just kind of tune in and you're like, what the fuck is Peter doing over there right now? And all of a sudden, like whatever you're in the middle of, you look over and you see him like, you know, <clears throat> like crawling under his desk or something talking about like, <laughs> you know, like how he lost a pencil there one time or something. Like you just, it's I, yeah. like, it's just fantastic. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, anyway, uh, I, I feel like I'd kind of been going somewhere with the, with some of his one of the videos we're talking about it doesn't matter anyway i, I mm. you really just need to watch him and yes uh, you know see for yourself but i think you might like it yes i think you were talking about coping with failure. oh coping with failure yeah i his mm -hmm. um his sort of takes on that are really great um he has yes. a pretty good attitude um it feels really real and i yeah and you you get to watch him fail at a few things. So you get to watch him like fail at individual drawings or projects. And you also get to see Peter fail as a human being and pick himself up and go on again. Yes. Yeah. And the great thing if about that enough. too is it's not, it's not like 
like he really feels those failures. Like it's not like you're watching it and it's like yeah. someone's like, I'm so great at this. Why aren't you good at dealing with failure? You're like, you watch him like not cope with it and then cope with it, yeah. which is the reality of <laughs> right. like what, what happens. Like first you have to deal with the like emotional pain and suffering of this loss that just happened to you before you can like pick yourself up instead of the like kind of, you know, Hollywood version of like, and then I just got back up off the ground, like just get up and keep fighting. And it's like, no, you're right. fucking like <laughs> devastated and wrecked and destroyed. And you have to anyway. So yeah, really, yeah. really much more real and human and, and unscripted, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Peter's like a model for resilience. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What else is there to say about that? Um, watch Peter. Watch Peter today. Right? Stop listening to us right now. Hit pause and go listen, watch Peter on yes. YouTube. Um, yeah. Do you want to maybe find a... Um, do you want to go check the research department and see if we have a color of the day? Um, oh, yes. I think um, that's on objectcolor.com. Me... Yeah. Let's see what they posted. Today, the research team for us has <laughs> provided some very, um, very funny colors. I will share these with you in the All chat. Right, fantastic. And uh, I will tell you that the colors of the day uh, <laughs> are a pair of... <clears throat> Colors that go very well together. The first is called sex-linked easement. <laughs> and the second is inoperative clavus. Nice. And so uh, I think this this is perfect for these colors. Um, they are in respective order a sort of greenish brown. Yeah. Like maybe the color of bat poop is what I imagine. I've never seen bat poop in person, but it seems like it would be that yeah, color. Like it's not, um, it's not like a baby puke green or like an off putting diarrhea. It's more like an off putting, um, like it's a little bit darker in the green Brown space. Then mm -hmm. it's not like a bright color. So uh, again, how we usually communicate these values is we were originally we're using the RGB values, but I think, um, right. Most people probably have uh, Google immediately at hand. So if you want to see these colors immediately, um, we'll just give you the um, the hexadecimal values, which you can just type directly into Google and it'll pull up the colors. So um, sex linked easement is uh, pound sign 716816. That's uh, pound sign 716816. So if you just pop that in the Google search, it'll pop up the color for you. And then inoperative Perfect. clavis is pound sign 8E97E9. That's 8E97E9. So if you put in, um, you know, if you put in pound sign slash hashtag 8E97E9, you'll see inoperative clavis. And inoperative clavis is like a, it's like, it's like if somebody was like, that's lavender and you're like, no, nah, it's kind of blue. It's, it's periwinkle. It's periwinkle purple. purple. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, Yep. The sex link. It's like a cousin of 
cousin of periwinkle blue, but it's not right. blue. It's, it's purple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's perfect. Um, I was going to say sex-linked easement makes me think of... Um, it's like you have this easement on the property and it's like, oh, yeah, well, I have this easement. But the problem with the easement is I have to run a brothel in order to maintain it. Yes. Yes. Like sex linked is actually a term in genomics that indicates that a trait is um, if you if a sex linked trait is one where the gene is located on one of the sex chromosomes. Oh, yes. Right. So just for reference, and then also a clavus is a medical tool. It's like a very sharp, pointy thing that you use to prick, um, like uh, one of my um, when you have a reaction to something. Not a not a response, not a reaction. It's a reflex. Oh yes, it's to check reflexes. So like you can take this little thing, and it's like a pointy little tool that looks like a nail, and you like it's a metal yeah. tool, and you like pokes the bottom of somebody's foot with it for instance to see if they have neuropathy if they feel a sharp implement poking them interesting so yes so we have a sex linked easement and and an operable (laughs) (laughs) like it's not pointy anymore i don't know it doesn't work actually i imagine (laughs) that there are sex linked easements like i was thinking about there's basically easements that stipulate like the sex of the person that can control it or um sure yeah so yeah I'm sure. These are perfect. Yeah. They're they're not nonsense titles. We're being serious. Right. These are our our research team does amazing. They do work. amazing work. Um, so amazing. So uh, they are. Yeah. So these are the colors of the day. And so if you're listening to this yep. podcast today is the day to make use of these colors. Um, yep. Especially in your art and design work, uh, which we would encourage right. you to do. So um, yes. if you don't find these colors inspirational. Um, that's okay. That's your that's your prerogative. Uh, but um, yeah. you know, uh, go to objectcolor.com and and give it a whirl and see if you can find some colors that are inspirational for you. And if you find some you really like, uh, you can just copy the link right out of the URL there and um, send send us send us a copy by email, which we'd love to hear from you. So if you are playing with this and you like it, we'd love to see what what it came up with that you enjoy or what you came up with. Yes. Um, and you can email us. You can email Dana, our executive assistant, and that's D-A-N-A at fcbm.io. And if you send her an email, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments, especially <laughs> um, if you also happen to be a fan of Peter Draws, because uh, we are definitely in that category. Um, yes. I was going to say, I don't think we spent enough time talking about how amazing his fans are. Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. Peter's fans are fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's like once you kind of watch a few of his other videos and you kind of realize like why why he's so great and what you know what the value is there for you um i encourage you to look and find some of the ones where he he looks at his fan mail because he gets he gets so much fan mail that um he he can't get to it all like he apologizes yeah. for a not being able to video all of the fan mail that he part, like he interacts with um but he does a good job of the stuff that he does look at. Like it's really like that's part of the re- you're like you can't possibly process mail like this because he'll open a letter and talk for like 15, 20 minutes and then read it some mm-hmm. of it and then like look at some of the art or whatever goodies like he gets these care packages. Like one of my favorites yes. is somebody knitted him a tea cozy for his um, I think for his French press. Uh-huh. You know, and I if you're not familiar I remember with, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know if uh, if. 
I'm sure you're familiar with what a tea cozy is, but if you're listening to this and you don't really know what I'm talking about, it's typically like a um, like a, a quilted or like a it's basically a blanket for your teapot to keep the heat in longer. Um, mm-hmm. And oftentimes they're hand knitted or hand crocheted. Um, and it's just it's so great. It It's so like like lovely and handmade and colorful and it just kind of just sits on it and he likes it so much it's so great um i don't know it those those kinds of things <laughs> i love um i love the variety of people that write to him and they're all different ages and ethnicities and come from different places in life um sometimes like we talked about it's like quite young children i mean not you know, I mean, they're able to write for themselves and things, but, um, you know, it's like kids. Yeah. Sometimes it's like young adults. Sometimes it's like very old adults. I forget. I remember, I just remember, I don't remember what the content of it was, but it stands out to me because I remember, um, it was an older man from San Diego actually, which also stuck out to me. Oh. And I remember thinking, Oh, this guy, like, I don't remember why, like, I think he either talked about recently retiring or something about the content of what he was sharing with Peter put his age in context. Not like he was like, I'm 55. It was just like, you know, oh, you're probably in your 50s or something because of the con- or 50s or 60s because of the, you know, what you're talking about. Um, yeah. And it was just I remember it just stuck with me as I'm like, man, like, who are these people that are so like, <laughs> how do we all come together in agreement about how great this this person and this, yes. this art is um yeah i want to know more of the peter draws fans yeah like i just think i i i think maybe when covid's over we need to start seriously considering about trying to have like a like have a peter draws like fan convention ah, that's such a good yeah idea. and maybe we could um i mean i don't know like i'm just imagining we could do it like it doesn't matter actually it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be before COVID is over because we could do it kind of virtually to start with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the other thing is like, New we're not even like hooked into some of his like bigger communities. Cause he has like a Patreon and, um, and also some other, uh, Oh my god! For political reasons, my Patreon has crept up to like twenty six dollars. Oh really? That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm giving so much money. Like Keith Ellison's campaign just got me to sustain their efforts, and um, a thing called Onsite Public Media is new in Minneapolis. It's a guy named Toussaint Morrison whose parents were activists, and he used to work with TPT Channel Two, the public television here. But then, like politics. And so he left them because they were largely unsupportive um, of black people to the extent that this this town and also the rest of the world needs right now <clears throat> and has always needed. And so uh, he left TPT and he started his own media company. And so I've been shoveling money in his direction because yeah. um, it's really great. And then also a local newspaper called the Sahan Journal that covers stories that impact the immigrant community in the Twin Cities. I've been like giving them money. So now I'm like, <laughs> and Unicorn Riot, I've been giving them money. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm funneling money away from the person who makes it and into the hands of people who make content. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I take the money from here. I give it to the people who make the stuff over here. <laughs> Oh, your uh, your Patreon subscription, like your cost of supporting people on Patreon, like 
in my yes, mind, I was like, oh, my... like because you've been politically involved, you have your own Patreon page and people are like giving you a bit of money. Oh, no, no, no. I I have it, within my Patreon subscriptions. Yeah. I am now giving almost $30 a month gotcha. to people in the Twin yes. Cities, mostly right. for political coverage that isn't total right. bullshit. <laughs> I've, I've always kind of um, had to like when it comes to things like that, like I've had to give donations and fits and spurts over my life because as a contractor, it was always kind of feast and famine. And so mm-hmm. I didn't um, like doling out a subscription where it's like, well, that's just a fee now that I pay. It always had always been kind of yeah. hard for me to like manage. I think, I think I'm always, I shy away from those things um, because as someone with ADHD, I know that, my focus will move away and then that will disappear into the background. And so mm. I may pay that money for the rest of my life, which it might be fine, but more likely is going to come back to bite me because I'm going to find a time, you yeah. know, whereas if I can yes. budget it and be like, okay, I have $100 that I want to give to this cause. I'm going to do that now rather than like dole it out over a yep. year in $5 increments or whatever, um, or like 10, nine seventy or what is it? seven fifty or whatever it is for a year. But, um, yeah and so i yeah i have like yeah i have no problem giving lump sums either that's typically how i used to do it but at this point there are so many people who's like major at least from for the people that i'm giving money to right now their revenue streams are whoever happens to give them money right right and so i was like well Uh, instead of making you wait till the end of the year i guess i'll just like it's no it's great i mean i think it's a good model and as i get older i Mm -hmm. I try to rethink about one of the things that I was trying to do um, and I might try to come back to is like set up a credit card that's dedicated to that so that at least they're all in one place. And so I know we're thinking about doing that with my credit card. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, this is the credit card that pays reoccurring fees. And so if I have any Mm -hmm. question, it's like, oh, they're already organized in that way. Um, Yes. And so I can stop. And yep. I like I get from the receiving end, like what a great value that is, because you can start to be like, OK, this is my like my monthly budget or however often I think it's like a yeah. monthly thing. And so you can be like, oh, like, here's yep. my monthly budget. And once it's there, like I can count on it to be there until it's, you know, and I can watch it like come and go. Like if people are canceling subscriptions, then I know, you know, it's not like, gosh, I really hope that during tax season I make my fifty thousand dollars I need to live for right. the rest of the year, it's more like, well, I'm already kind of living month to month and, you know, not having to. Anyway, I, I get the value of it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, not, it's not always feasible. No, 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 like, no. I, yeah, it was just something I thought about how um, I'd yeah. also thought about. But yeah. I have the same problem. I have the same problem because we give donations to all kinds of stuff. Like I do Electronic Frontier Foundation. Right. But they have their own like. Revenue yes, I do, process. too. Yeah, so, they have their own way of doing it. Like. Yeah, so like one day a month, a $5 deduction comes out of my checking yeah. account. And I'm like, fuck, it would be so much easier if everything like accrued over the month to the credit card and then I just paid the credit card off once right. a month. Right, right. And then you can also look at it and be like, we're spending $110 a month on like this stuff. Yeah. Is that is that bulk amount of money even feasible? Do we think that's a reasonable amount of money to be giving away? Right. And if so... I mean, that's just a number I made up. I don't sure. even, I suspect ours is maybe more than that. I don't know. Because there's two of us in this house and we're both giving money to separate things at this point. Right, like, right. Fuck. Yeah, I, um, speaking of things I give money to, I, um, I, for a long, so there's a, um, there was an organization that was previously called, uh, or formerly known as, uh, Lady Parts Justice League. 
Yes. And it was uh, started by um, Liz, Liz, Winstead. Liz Winstead. Yeah, who was a writer for, and I think, like, I think she was also the creator of The Daily Show um, in its carnation or in its incarnation with John Stewart. Yes. Well, I think with was it John Stewart or Craig Kilborn? Because oh. Liz Winstead and Craig Kilborn are both famous Minnesotans, and they created The Daily Show. And then Craig Kilborn left to go do another thing, some serious thing. And John Stewart took over The Daily Show, and that's when The Daily Show became the Daily Show that everybody knows. It right. Has. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So um, maybe she worked there. Um, yeah. She could have bridged both of them. I don't know. But it would make sense to me that the two of them ended up starting it together because they were both from here. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, this if isn't I'm, really I'm supposed guessing. to be about her. So we'll we'll maybe we do a highlight of her later. Um, uh, she's really amazing uh, person as well. She liked yeah. one of my tweets one time. So I'm famous. Oh, <laughs> that's great. So she had Lady Parts. Yeah. Justice so she League. started this organization called Lady Parts Justice League, which has uh, since become. Um, I believe it has rebranded to, uh, I think it's called the Abortion Access Front. Um, And so uh, I've been, you know, I've participated as much as I can with them. And you you actually helped me with one of the projects that I did. Um, So when I first got involved with them, I didn't have a lot of money. So I didn't give them much um, just because, you know, you you can't give what you don't have. And, uh, And so, but I did have time. And so I had... They would send these emails out about how you can participate, and I had read. Um, I remember some of the things, and I was like, I, I can't. Like, I want to do some of these things, but I really can't see myself doing them. So, like, one of them was um, like hosting a party where like other interested people could come to my house, and we could like it would be like yes. a sort of dinner party and exchange of ideas, and like also like promoting, um, you know, abortion access or women's health essentially and i was like well i'm Mm -hmm. not going to be the like the single creepy like middle-aged man who's like hey everybody come to my (laughs) apartment who like you know the bulk of these people are probably women who are interested in in women's rights and so i'm like i'm not gonna like i will go to those things if i'm invited or like i will you know help support them but i'm not gonna be the speaker head for an idea that really like for the most part as a man i have no i should have no fucking say in it like it's none of my goddamn business. I mean, other than I think that people should. I, generally, when I think about my philosophy, when I think about like when you're looking at other people, um, I mm-hmm. somewhere I can't remember where this quote is from, but basically my idea has always been like you don't look in anybody else's bowl unless it's to see if they have enough. That's it. Oh, I like. Like that. you know, I ha- I don't need to know what's in your bowl unless I'm looking over there to see like I think you might not have enough to eat. Let me have a look real quick. And then if I can, I make you. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got a little more extra soup over here, et cetera. So that's always been kind of my philosophy. But when it comes to something like this, it's like I don't you know, I don't need to a weigh in on policy about women's bodies other than to say I don't think we need to have it other than, you know, the normal policy of like, hey, like, let's respect people's personal space and not govern it. Um Mm-hmm. you know beyond beyond the thing that like governance does which is to keep people ha- allow people to have as much personal freedom as possible um which yeah. involves making sure that interactions between people aren't infringing on each other's freedoms so anyway long story short i got involved with that and then um so the one thing that i thought i could do was send that postcard campaign where we sent um like postcards to yes. uh abortion clinics to 
send them mail that wasn't hate mail because they get so much hate mail. And so you kind of send them mail that just says, hey, like we appreciate the work you're doing. Because a lot of these places, it's like abortions is like the last thing they want to do. They're trying to help people with their reproductive health. And then they're getting fucking, you know, mail bombs and, you know, fucking death threats. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Or like here on Good Friday, there is a, which is that today? Uh yeah, today is Good Friday, right? The Friday before Easter. I don't know. I'm not a oh, Catholic. Yeah. So. so right now there's probably this guy <laughs> today. That's so weird. It's yeah. today. So there's a guy who shows up at the abortion clinic in St. Paul, <clears throat> the Planned Parenthood. And there's a like the Catholics. Catholics have a big thing here. The archdiocese here went bankrupt defending against child molestation right. charges because all of the like all of the molester priests in the Catholic like hierarchy got funneled into St. Paul because the people in charge of the Saint, the diocese in St. Paul were like, Hey, it's cool. We'll take them here. And so we have like this in- intense concentration of um, horrific people, horrible people. Right. Anyway, um, <clears throat> some of the people who love those horrible people show up and do horrible things too, like showing up at the abortion clinic in St. Paul on good Friday. And this guy literally hauls around a giant wooden cross up and down the street <laughs> just back and oh. forth hauling this cross whenever whenever i see something like that all i can ever think of is um like the meaning of life the monty python meaning of life or yes! no sorry monty python the life of brian life of brian yeah and like all the scenes with the crosses and shit where it's just like because their take on how absurd it is and how ridiculous it is and they like create these characters mm-hmm. that are just like just just staring life in the face of how absurd everything is and and whenever i see yeah. someone like carrying a cross around and it's like you're you're talking about like you're idolizing this like uh, this a uh, torture equipment like a torture like, device the, the hilarious thing is like why isn't it an Iron Maiden or like, um, you know, like a like yeah. a fucking the rack. Like a rack or just some kind of fucked up thing? Um, like thumb screws are pretty fucked up. Yeah, screws. just like shit like that. <laughs> Great bicycle. <Yes>. Like. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why the fuck? It, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm sure that guy right now is making his annual trip to the abortion clinic with his ridiculous oversized cross the, like, like the amount of ignorance when it comes to how human reproduction works is insane uh-huh. to me um did you know that like half of the pregnancies in the united states are accidents i didn't know that that's amazingly that is <laughs> yes! I, that is like that is a fucking that is a crime that is that is profound ignorance. It's not like mm-hmm. if you've had an accidental pregnancy um, and you made tough choices and like this isn't judgment on an individual level. Like I things happen for all kinds of reasons. But statistically, when you're at the point where half of all pregnancies are an accident, you start to wonder mm-hmm. how bad our access to um, to like health care is because yeah. having having the ability to have good sex education and understand how reproduction works is like fundamental to like having personal freedom. Sex education is a form of harm reduction. Yeah. Yeah. If you take an antinatalist view of the birth rate being 50% accidental, it's not a kind, not a kind perspective. No. Like 
that's just child abuse. I, I mean, I, my feeling it is it is like you're you're um, and again, like on an individual level, if you if you had an accidental child and you brought them into this world, like I don't I'm not condemning you as an individual. I'm saying as a society, mm-hmm. our view that that these people like that we have half our population showed up by accident because we couldn't be bothered to figure out when it would be a good time for them to be yes. here. Yes, is one way of putting yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and I, God, and I really want to be clear. Like, I don't feel like there's a difference between population and individual that is important. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, um, and I get why people are afraid. Like, I think a lot of the fear on the right or the way that people like fight against policies oftentimes is to um, immediately translate to like translate that to a nightmare scenario for an individual, right? Where you're like, hey, like let's have yeah. let's have forms of po- population control and then all of a sudden they're like, you mean you're going to kill my babies? It's like, no, like let's have forms of population control where there's an education to the polis- to the population where you're like, hey, here's how you can choose when you want to have a child as opposed to just suddenly have a child when you least expect it or right, are like, ready hey- to deal with. Let's think about this ahead of time. Would you like to take steps to make this happen or not make this happen at this point? You can just think about it. Like the whole point of the birth rate being uh, like 50% comprised of people who were not planning to have children. The point of that is like those people weren't thinking one way or another. They weren't thinking about it at all. It's like being in a car accident. You didn't drive to work today expecting to get run over by a fucking truck. You right. just did, and so, now like, you're coping with that wouldn't situation. Wouldn't it just be, like, go ahead and make the same choices. That's fine. Yeah. Or con- continue not to care. But, like, at least we should give people the tools to decide if they want to make a conscious decision or even consider making a conscious decision about this because it appears to the outside and to, like, all statistical reasoning that, like, people aren't even being given that option. Yeah. I, as a friend of mine is uh, <clears throat> is um, fond of, not fond of saying, she often says because it's a pretty good, um, summation like the rights approach to birth control and all of that is that it's really about punishing sluts it's it's yeah. not at all none of it is about human life or um, the sanctity of human life it's about punishing sluts it's about being like you know you're we don't approve of like I don't even know how to put it because they're the ones who are also making the fucking ba- like they're they're putting the seeds in those fucking wombs not to fucking mm. use the word that we really don't want to use ever again. And that shit should fucking die. Oh, that's right. We were but, talking about that um, the other day. You know, they're the <laughs> ones fucking sticking dicks and vaginas and, uh, <laughs> and, and then making sure that, you know, like, and then they're the ones who are dragging these women off to have un, un, you know, un, like forcing them to have abortions or putting them in difficult situations. Um, and statistically speaking, I'm not, you know, anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, yeah. It's sorry, uh, the very tangent. Um, what I was going to say is that we're a border supporter. We are border point. supporters, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, but my point is that the ignorance around human reproduction is so sad that um, that yeah. abortion has become so politicized because it's not it's not any of those things that people say it is. Um, it's not a right. form of birth control. Um, yeah, that's so ridiculous. That that. I of all of the claims against against abortion, that one to me has always seemed like one of the weakest and most absurd. Like, how did that even get traction? Yeah, no one. I like if you had if we had like that sort of paradise of access to abortion, right, where it's like anyone can have an abortion for any reason, 
um, at any time, let's just say, just, you know, mm-hmm. up until yeah. five minutes before the baby's out of your vagina. Not that, not that <laughs> anyone, well, that's my point is that even if we allowed that, no one would do no that. No one would do that. No one is doing those things. Like those things don't happen. Like it's not like the fact that you make abortions illegal and all these other things that you do to like, it's also, this is the same issue I have with my fucking stepmom. Like it's, it's so punitive for the sake of being punitive. Like you don't, you're not, you have no care about the outcome. Your only goal Mm -hmm. is to hurt people. And so you want to create these laws that put people in jail and punish them. Like you're not solving any of the problems that you're saying are you're trying to solve. Right. Like if your claim is that you want to solve a problem, like you want to lower the rate of abortion. Well, there are a whole list of things that you can do that have demonstrable benefits for that cause. Like you are supporting a reduction in abortion if you support birth control and sex education, right? right? The numbers don't fucking lie. But when somebody says, yeah, that's all great. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in like making this about how someone personally failed or is a sinner or whatever. You're like, okay, well then you're not actually interested in solving the problem that you said you were. You're a hypocrite. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's just hypocritical. You're not actually interested. You're lying. You're being dishonest and disingenuous about the, the problem that you're trying to solve. Right. Because the solutions are obvious and everybody knows what they are. And if you avoid them, then you're not actually interested in solving the problem. Right. You're interested in something else. Garbage. And you're a dick. And you're a dick. <laughs> and you're being a dick. I was I was visiting a friend um the other day. Uh and um so I my partner and I when we when we first started dating, we had um we'd sort of spent the night together at my place and and that I got a phone call at about like eight in the morning and it was like some marketer and I and because at the time I was um I like was running my own business and I was working for myself, I really like mm-hmm. answered unknown phone calls because I never knew if it was yeah. gonna be like somebody important or a possible job lead or you know, who knows. So I always felt like I needed to at least answer and and be available. Um, so I answered the phone and it was a telemark, you know, some marketing shit. And, but the guy, the guy, like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he really like, he answered the phone and he was being real cagey about it. Cause he, you know, he got my name off the website or whatever, where I have it, like that phone number yeah. published. And, um, you know, uh-huh. and he was like kind of talking like it was going to be a job or whatever. And I, I mean, I kind of knew right away, but I was like, you know, I let him talk a little bit and I think I asked him one question or something and he just like lied flat out, you know, just said, no, it's, this is, this is not, I'm not trying to sell you anything. How much would you like to pay for this thing? I'm trying to sell you like in one (laughs) sentence. Right. And so I just, I just like kind of in that moment snapped and I was just like, eat a dick and like hung up the phone. And so my, my partner, um, so sincere my partner was like 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 we knew each other but not that well yet right like and so (laughs) we went from like you know you're having that like nice morning where you're kind of laying in bed and you're just sort of warm and snuggly and things are fine and you're feeling kind of close to this person and then the person next to you just shouts into the phone eat a dick and like hangs up and um and it just like <laughs> who are it you? took her a little while to like get she's like, holy shit, like I don't know that you're who I think you are. Um, which is right. understandable. And so I 
Um, I mean, now we've been together a little while, and so I've been able to live that down. But we often, um, <laughs> it's often like our absurd answer to like overreaction, right? Like I'm off. Like sometimes she'll yeah. be like. You know, oh, this guy's doing this or this thing's happening. And I'm like, did you just tell him to eat a dick? That works every time. <laughs> that works every time. Shuts the conversation right down. <laughs> and so um, this is a long way of saying. So recently uh, we were at a mutual friend's house and I said, mm-hmm. I like jokingly said some some absurd thing to her. And she looks at me and she goes, EAD, Ned, EAD. And, yeah. and that's like, because I had not shared with her this story, I don't think. But for her, uh-huh. it was like, because... So also she has a little kid and so she wasn't, we weren't shouting the words eat a dick out loud. And so she's just like (laughs) EAD. And like ever since then, I've just been like, oh my God, like it's everything that I love about that phrase, like in three little letters. So Mm -hmm. anyway, um, I was going to say, you know, in regards to people who are being a dick, like just EAD, man, EAD. EAD. That's what I should have said when I, I used to do a lot of, um, volunteering with that particular Planned Parenthood clinic because I lived right down the street from them. And it was like, well, this is super easy. I'll come over a couple of times a week and like stuff envelopes and help you send out fundraising stuff and just really easy stuff like that. But the crowd of people outside who are protesting are always the same people. Um, Like that's, that's just what they do with their time. And they would see, I volunteered there for over a year uh, if I remember correctly. And that was several times a week I would walk up to that building and go inside and go to the office. Yeah. And those people were always like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> and I was like, I see you three times a week, you morons. <laughs> what do you think is going on in here? You guys aren't even thinking about the right? problem. Clearly. <laughs> like, you're like, who do you think I am? This is my third abortion this week. <laughs> third one this week. I've got a punch card. <laughs> I'm going for my free Four one. more weeks and I'm getting a free oh, sandwich. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and the whole thing is like, obviously you don't engage with them. I never said a word to those people. But in my mind, every time I was like, you guys, come yeah. on. You're not even paying attention. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, yeah. You know what would work, Suma? <laughs> you know it would work way better? What? Is if they were all hauling around those crosses. Yes. That would have changed me. I would have been like, clearly these people are so dedicated to something I don't understand that I should just turn around and go home. Right. <laughs> I was going to get an abortion today for the third time this week, but, but all now, these people with crosses showed up and I realized now I'm time to go home. Right. Now I'm reconsidering. Oh, God. I, uh-huh. yeah. Something about all that heavy wood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Then I saw that man hauling that cross around and I just realized. Yes. What? Anyway, <laughs> I we were talking about this with our neighbor the other day. I was like, I, I said something about being a Catholic and there's this yeah. argument in our house. You are not Catholic because I'm not. I'm an atheist, right? But right. I am Catholic. And I say this because I was forced by those fucking maniacs to go through their bullshit indoctrination yep. all the way through the age of 18 because I was a girl yep. and all this stuff. And so, you know what? Fuck you. I earned the right to be hypercritical of you people because I am one of you. And I know where all the fucking bodies are buried and where all the molested children are. And I fucking get it. And I'm going to stick my little toes into this thing. And I'm going to hang on for dear life because I reserve the right to, like, tell everybody what a bunch of trash this is. I I think you're not the only Catholic Catholic that feels that way. Fuck you. 
Yeah, for real. I'm a Polish Catholic for on-demand abortion. <laughs> on-demand abortion. I love that so much. <laughs> I'm going to make that sign. You, We made a... I, <clears throat> I am a homeowner. Yeah. Which gives me certain privileges. Mm -hmm. Like the right to put signs in my yard that are obnoxious and say whatever the fuck I want and you can't do anything about it. I mean, you can steal my sign, but I'm going to put another one right back. Right? And if you come on my property again, I might get you in trouble. But anyway, like the whole deal is uh, I wanted to put up things that were you know, thought-provoking. Yeah. And in my neighborhood, there are a number of Polish Catholic churches, one of which still does masses in Polish, I think, or ceased to do so very recently and only does them on Sundays or something. But anyway, like really like crazy orthodoxy and all this shit. Um, a lot of Eastern European folks over here who are into like Catholicism. So like, like, the, like the, the full bore crazy versions of Catholicism, uh, not just like Catholicism. Uh -huh. Like, uh, anyway, so because because there's nothing untrue about it and because there's a lot of people in this neighborhood who would see that and know what it meant i just want to put that sign up yeah yeah it's good it's going up i think i i support this right yeah it's uh... it's interesting to me like uh, it's going to get to the point where it's like my car where if somebody's upset about something on my car like if my car gets vandalized or if my house gets vandalized i'll be like i wonder which of these things they were upset about there's so many right <laughs> right is it the thing about abortion? Is it about being like a prison abolitionist? Like which which one of the yeah, yeah. the views that I espouse was enough for you to like wreck my shit? <laughs> oh man, Crazy. Oh. so ridiculous! Yeah. I yeah, I I really don't. I, I think sometimes I wish we just had better education about teaching people how to evaluate and accomplish the goals they want to have right like i'm i'm mm. not even really interested in like indoctrinating people into um in like into a particular way of thought it's like i just want to be mm -hmm. like hey you're saying you want this thing right like coming back to the abortion it's like you're saying you yeah. want less abortions great Let's do that. Like you could, you can meet in the middle with a lot of people. Like I don't think most of the people who support abortion access aren't don't want people to have abortion, like to get abortions. We're not yeah. sitting around. I don't want to have one. Yeah, like I don't want people to have them. I don't want people to have to have them. I don't want, um, you know, all of those things. But what I do want is for people to have safe access to healthcare and. Well, this is like the same thing could be said of any fucking medical calamity that befalls someone. I don't want people to have cancer, but if they do, I want them to have health care. Right, like it exactly. just becomes absurd. Like I completely I 100 percent agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And if you put in different medical requirements and medical symptoms, <clears throat> it the whole construct falls apart because it's like absurd. Like, of course, we don't want anyone to be in a state of medical necessity. Right. Right. But when people are, you just fucking help them. Right. You don't like sit there and argue over what it means that they're in that position in the first place. Right. It's just some shit that happens. Yeah. Guess what? what? Getting pregnant is what happens when you fail to do anything to prevent it. It's what always happens. Yeah. It happens unless you take steps to prevent it. The default position is people are getting knocked up. So, like, it's not a fucking miracle. No. It's not special. It's not amazing. And it has nothing to do with, like, whether you want or don't want a thing. It's like if you 
fail to take steps to prevent yourself from getting the cold, getting the flu, getting COVID, getting pregnant, getting whatever. Tetanus. Yes. It just happens. It's a natural thing that happens. So fucking get over it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. Okay. So um, uh, I have to go. Um, you get to go exercise. I do. I get to go exercise. We could do. Um, I already exercised today and I've been sitting in a cloud of my own stink. Well, you can go shower or otherwise clean yourself <laughs> if you so wish. Um if you want well i may actually i may hold off on it because i'm going to get all dirty because i'm going to go down to the basement and i'm going to scrape a bunch of lead paint and then i'm going to paint the walls and seal in the remaining paint and i'm going to do it while i listen to this insane trial that's happening fantastic because i can't just sit in front of the tv i have to be doing something at the same time or i will be a nervous wreck by the end of the yeah, day yeah i feel you um all right so let's uh let's call it good i think um that was a longer one well peter we draws i mean we spent today. a good portion of it talking about peter draws and i could yeah we could do three more podcasts right. we did um all right so everybody th- we did a great job thank you for listening and don't forget to send us an email if you feel so inclined we'd love to hear from you that's uh dana at fcbm.io d-a-n-a at fcbm.io yes. you know there's a dirty little secret um what? you can actually send to any email address at fcbm.io and dana will get it and uh you know, so if you feel like you want to be like, if you want to send to EAD at FCBM.io, uh, it will <laughs> it will show up and we'll we'll hear from you. Um, so uh, please, please do send us your thoughts and ideas and whatever ramblings, musings, mm-hmm. complaints, complaint department. If you want to send complaints, send it to complaints at FCBM.io. <laughs> That's right. And you will get an automatic reply that says EAD. EAD. Yeah. <laughs> No, you no, won't. You won't. Yeah. <laughs> We're not that sophisticated. Right. <laughs> not not yet. yet. If you get a response. Maybe, maybe someday we'll have an EAD department. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to work on that as a project. The DEAD. The DEAD. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, this is great. I'm writing this down. Right. D-E-A-D. Thanks, everybody. Fantastic. Well, uh, we certainly had a fun time making this podcast and we hope you enjoyed listening to it. So, um, Thank yeah, you. well, hopefully you'll hear from us again next week. All right. Okay. Bye. That's right. Okay. Bye.